Monday to Thursdays, 10 to midnight. 11 minutes after 10 p.m., you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute honor and pleasure being in your company. Uh, Ethiopia, they're applying to be a BRICS member. But so is France. What really? Is there a criteria to joining BRICS? What is it? Of course, it's like a private members club, sort of, right? All the members, the existing members, kind of, sort of, unanimously would have to agree for any new member to join. If anyone disagrees and says, well, I don't kind of like them, or I don't think they have our best interests at heart or align with the values that we have set for ourselves, you're excluded. Sort of like how people run country clubs, right? But that is the nature of global geopolitics. And as is the case very specifically with trade blocks. Professor Denny Bradlow, good evening. Welcome to the show. Really, really do appreciate it. Is there a set out criteria in any of BRICS principal documents about what it is it looks for in new members? And of course, this, if they were to take on new members, it would be the first time since about 2011, about when South Africa joined, uh, or was it 2013 when South Africa joined? Uh, what, what's the criteria? Uh, so good evening and good evening to the listeners. Um, so the, it's a good question. There, uh, at the moment, there are no criteria. Well, the only criteria is that all the members have to agree to admit a new member. Um, but at the, a recent meeting of the foreign ministers of the BRICS, there was a disagreement about how, what criteria should be used. And it's agreed because there are about 19 countries that are now supposed to be or have been yeah. rumored to be calling to join the BRICS. There's an, a sense that they do need some criteria, but they can't agree on what those criteria should be. If you were based on what BRICS has, or based on past behavior and decisions of BRICS, if you were to speculatively extrapolate some sense of criteria, what would you think it is? Yeah, the problem is it's a very hard question to answer because the one criteria is that you should be a country from the global south because the BRICS are a grouping of countries from the global south right. that are interested in the reform of global governance arrangements to make them more responsive to the interests of the global south. So, for example, a country like France should, would not qualify for membership. Um, uh, beyond that, it gets very complicated because... One of the reasons South Africa... Oh, Prof. Bradlow, we just lost you there. Do you want to repeat that? One of the reasons South Africa what? Seems like we've entirely lost Prof. Bradlow. Let's see if we can get him onto another line. What are your thoughts? Give me a call. 086-000-2032. Do you th- think that BRICS should have a criteria for what new members should meet for them to join? Of course, they would have to have one, right? But what do you think it should be? I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, 86 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. What do you think that criteria should be? And from the list of countries that want to join, I think it would be a bad idea for a bunch of countries to all join at the same time. I think it should be a gradual growth process, right? Uh, which are the most strategic countries that you think should be joining BRICS that would benefit the current members of BRICS if said country were to join it? Prof. Bradlow, we have you there. Um, you, 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 the way we lost you was you said it, it's a grouping of countries in the global south, and this is why one of the reasons France's application would uh, be dead in the water. 
uh, one of the reasons South Africa joined was because, I guess, I'm assuming you're going to say, is a country in the global south. And it was they needed they wanted a representative from Africa, and we were seen as the best country to ask to join from Africa. The challenge now is if they go beyond this and start admitting second countries from different regions, there's going to be a lot of intra-regional competition as to which countries should be admitted. So, for example, India might have concerns if Pakistan were going to be the member. Um, Brazil might have concerns if Argentina or Mexico were to join. Right. So that it becomes much more sensitive as to who should be admitted in the next round. And that's why there's so much disagreement on the criteria now. Yeah. The next question may strike you as an incredibly uh, rudimentary question, but I think it's one that we need to start entertaining now. The politics of what constitutes the global south and the global north is not as clear-cut as I've imagined it would be, because geographically speaking, Russia is not a country in the global south, yet it's a principal member of BRICS. Hello? Are you there with me? Yeah, I'm with yes. you. And g- given that Russia is not a country in, geographically in the global yeah. south, but is a principal member of BRICS, what becomes the line between what we consider countries of the global south and countries of the global north? I mean, it's a good question. The first thing is that it's not a geographic term. It's a political term, yeah. what constitutes the global south. So, And it's usually viewed as the countries that were former colony former colonies, um, countries that have a more dependent relationship on the global economy than other countries. Um, and in that sense, Russia is a, a bit of a strange member of the group, except for the fact that during the Cold War, you know, it was not on the West side in the Cold War. Um, it's a more complicated term also because for a country like China, it was not really a, colo- a colony, but it was certainly a weakened country during the colonial era, um, is a very powerful actor in the global economy. And so seeing it as a weak country now doesn't seem to make much sense. Mm-hmm. So the global south is, it, it, it's got political resonance, but it's really a grouping that has a lot of internal differences that make uh, cohesion very difficult. Yeah. In, in that sense, I would imagine uh, French cohesion with BRICS to be one where uh, the synergy is automatic, given the fact that if you look at some of the countries in, in, in uh, that are members of BRICS, there is a strong leaning, comparatively speaking, of course, uh, in, in, in global politics, a strong leaning towards social democracies or socialism altogether. Of course, China being the most extreme example there of many defining China as a communist state, but Russia has a communist socialist history. Uh, similarly, you could argue that what Lula is doing in, 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 in Brazil is espousing socialist politics. South Africa is quite centrist to that, but France has the highest propensity, I would say, in central Western Europe towards leaning uh, towards social politics and is the most likely to become a social democracy of all uh, European uh, nation states at the moment. I assume there's some synergy in that. I I mean, it's it's debatable whether France is going to be a democracy. I mean, it's a social democracy. It's it's going through some difficult times at the moment and who knows where it will go. But it's also the... I I mean, I think the idea of France joining the, the... 
Um, but also, yeah. you know, it's important to remember that uh, Brazil was the president of Bolsonaro. That was certainly not a... Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, Prof. Bradlow, your lines chop you very terribly losing it. Do you maybe want to uh, uh, just um, see if we can connect you to a different line? And then uh, we will try and get you uh, hopefully more clear over there. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 86 Prof. Bradlow, we have you back on the line. Hopefully it holds a lot better this time around. I'd love for you to call in as you're listening to this. What are your thoughts? What are some of your questions? 86 Prof, I want us to then for a moment focus on on Ethiopia. You mentioned that Mm -hmm. what's unique about BRICS is that it represents just about every part of the world, right? China being in Asia, uh, India being in Asia, but they're not necessarily competing economies in the sense that it becomes cannibalistic. But Brazil is Southern America territory, Russia, European territory, South Africa, African territory. Would it be cannibalistic uh, to South Africa's interest if other African nation states were to join BRICS? And in in this instance, Ethiopia, which really is one of the the continent's most emerging economies. Right. So, I, I mean, in a sense, one of the benefits South Africa gets at the moment is that the BRICS is an exclusive club. There are only five members. They meet once a year, which means our president gets to sit down with the Chinese president once a year in a much smaller grouping. If that group expands, then obviously it becomes less exclusive. So that's one concern South Africa might have about expanding it. On the other hand, having other African members in the grouping is good in the sense it raises the African voice and makes sure African concerns get better get a, a more attention the question then becomes is, is if you're going to admit one other african uh, should it be ethiopia should it be say nigeria or kenya or you know a north african country um, all of which might have similar interests as ethiopia in joining the BRICS. Um, and so that becomes another issue you can certainly make a good case why ethiopia should be admitted as the other african country but equally, you could make a good case that, say, Nigeria is the biggest country, the, you know, the biggest population on the continent, um, should, and this biggest economy on the continent should be admitted first before Ethiopia. Yeah. And so this is sort of why it becomes such a complicated issue to admit new members. Yeah, but but joining it is isn't a cheap exercise. I would imagine you would have to become a financial contributory member to the BRICS Bank uh, and and all BRICS initiatives, right? Does Ethiopia currently have the financial, I guess, wherewithal and runway to be able to to be a contributory member in the sense that it becomes a full participating member? So the cost of joining is not all that high, really. You do have to contribute to the BRICS Bank. But so, for example, South Africa has um, has contributed ten billion dollars to the BRICS uh, to the BRICS Bank. Not all of it in, has been paid in. You only pay in about two billion of that. Yeah. And in return, it's got over six billion in loans from the bank. So it's not it's not necessarily a bad investment in that sense. Um, there are other costs. One of the big costs, it turns out, is being the host for the summit. Which is How expensive. expensive is it? I don't. I don't know the budget for it, but you know, you you've got uh, many meetings that take place before the actual summit, right? That come are hosted by South Africa, 
then the summit, you know, there are all sorts of security costs. You have to have it in a non, not a cheap location. So it's going to be in a relatively nice hotel in South Africa has to bear all those costs. So it's, it's, it's an expense. Mm. Um, I mean, it, the country can bet, draw benefits from it, but it, it's not a, a cheap exercise for the country. Yeah, uh, I would imagine that some of those costs would be offset by a tourism attraction that visiting members would be contributing to the economy some way or the other. Yeah, they would be contributing. Um, hopefully, you get good publicity in you know the other countries, and so that other you know other people from those countries will come as tourists. So there there should be payoffs over time, but uh, you do have to put up the money up front. Um, right. But there are be- there, there are benefits, and South African trade, for example, with uh, China and India has grown a lot during the time of the BRICS. Um, whether you can attribute that directly to the BRICS or would have, it would have happened otherwise is harder to tell. But it has grown dramatically, and so that is a plus for for joining as well. Yeah, it's it certainly would do the economy of Durban quite well for the week or so that there would be great buzz and activity over there. Uh, let's perhaps exactly. then consider the fact uh, around South Africa's other economic trade relationships, such as with the G20 summit. We're hosting G20 in, in, in mm-hmm. 2025. We're hosting the AGOA Forum this year. And it seems like those particular platforms may have slightly competing interest to that of the collective interest of BRICS, right? Like de-dollarizing is clearly an objective of the BRICS, while that is not an objective of of the G20 and would not be given that America is a principal member of the G20. Are these competing interests making it more and more difficult for us to exist in either of these forums? So at the moment, all five of the BRICS countries are also members of the G20. So there's no inherent conflict in being a member of both of those. Obviously, the issues that come up and the um, the interests of the different groupings are different. Um, but the G20, I mean, it's designed that it's different countries that have different interests. So it's, it's to be expected that there's going to be a divergence of views. Right. Um, it's becoming more tense, particularly around Ukraine. So with Russia there is becoming a much more complicated issue in the G20 and in the BRICS. Mm. I mean, as we know, for us, you know, the fact that the summit is here this year, is a complication and a difficult situation for the country. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and and just lastly, is there any indication that should BRICS be accepting and voting on new members entering at this particular summit, is there any indication as to how many members uh, they could potentially open up for? There's been all sorts of different reports about that. Um, I, I mean, it's said that 19 countries have applied for membership. I don't think anybody expects that many countries to be admitted. It's more likely to be one or two. And in that sense, Ethiopia could be a leading candidate to to be admitted. And then over time, more candidates will be admitted. The big issue is going to be, can they agree on the criteria so that they decide, you know, this Ethiopia, for example, meets these criteria this year. And then next year, there's another country in another region that would do the same. Um, but it's, that's the first debate is because some countries are strongly would strongly like to see expansion, whereas other countries um, are concerned that expansion might weaken the, their role in the institution, in the, in the right. grouping.
All right, and 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 so the the uh, what what parts of the criterion would be the most contentious? Um, that's a good question. I think probably it, it's going to be around regional issues. Um, there are two issues because depending on how you divide up the world, you could say there are other regions of the world that are not yet represented in the BRICS. So, for example, Central Asia. Uh, right. is a region that doesn't have a representative, or the Middle East, for example. So it could be that they decide you need uh, to get more regional representation first before admitting second countries from another region. Um, there could be a, a debate about do we increase, just sort of open it up to as many countries as can meet a certain set of criteria, right. or do we limit it to, say, 10 countries or you know some other number? Should the leading prerequisite or criterion be represent regional representation? Saudi Arabia surely is at the front of the line. It has uh, uh, intimated interest in joining BRICS. It would be a Middle Eastern representative. Who would be a Central yeah. Asian representative? I don't know if Singapore or Malaysia has shown any interest. I, I think, I'm not sure which of those countries, but a country like Kazakhstan has right. shown some interest. Um, and it's also, I mean, in, in that region is probably the the most influential country in the region but i agree with i mean saudi arabia has expressed an interest it's also expressed an interest in joining the the BRICS bank the new development bank um right. and obviously it's rich enough yeah it has an <laughs> incredibly useful contribution sovereign yeah. wealth fund would be <laughs> would be the entire <laughs> balance sheet of the BRICS bank yeah exactly so um so that might you know so it might be a strong candidate also yeah. Prof. Bradlow, thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. Prof. Danny Bradlow, Professor and Senior Research Fellow at the Center for Advancement of Scholarship at the University of Pretoria. On the other side of that, we speak to Colin Malachi, the newly elected ANC Youth League President.